When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Michael Klim here, ex-Olympian, entrepreneur, if you want to call that. I'm here with Danny for the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. MK. Welcome back to the show, brother. Um, it's Thanks, been a bloody mate. long time since we've we've got a chance to catch up in person, um, exactly. and even longer since you've been on the show. So, yeah, welcome back, man. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here, and congratulations on the podcast. It's Thanks, uh, mate. You know, you've come a long way <laughs> since yeah, the buddy, first hey. one. <laughs> yeah, we were just discussing some of the progressions of the podcast over the last, well, since 2016. I think yeah. the first one we ever did was in the car with the <laughs> USB mic on the console yeah. and had to both lean in when it was our time to have a talk, <laughs> right. which is good. And then we've had a few Zoom ones and yeah, it's been yeah. all over the place. But um, no, it's, it's good, to, good to catch up, mate. It's been yeah. bloody ages. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, look, it's been since 2016, obviously. You know, we've been through COVID yep. and um, getting now getting back to normality. And, you know, for me, it's been life-changing in the last six years. So... Mm. Um, obviously, you know, getting sick, but then also, you know, almost changing career paths as well. Um, and just finding a kind of a new direction in my life, really. So, um, yeah, definitely a very interesting period. Let's let's talk through that. So, um, obviously, you've been going through some physical challenges um, over the past couple of years. Uh, most people who have uh, had anything to do with you in the past or even, you know, since I saw you last, um, mm. you know, usually flat out pumping yeah. some iron or <laughs> getting some swims in, some runs and whatnot. And um, even we are talking about on the way up before the when we did the, the sled challenge. Yeah, 24-hour sled push, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, but t- talk us through the physical challenges you've had over the last few years and, and I guess how it all come about and how it's progressed. Yeah, so to the listeners, um, I was diagnosed with CIDP, which is chronic inflammatory demalinating polyneuropathy. Basically, it's a mouthful. It's, it's a mouthful. <laughs> Try and say that after a few beers. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, you know it's an, it's similar to GBS, which is a uh, it's an autoimmune disorder where you're pre- predominantly or it starts at your feet or your hands and the the nerves the lining of the nerves begin to frail, which which results in the signal not being sent properly. So generally you, l- you lose functionality, mobility, sensation. So it also has an autonomic um, <coughs> impact as well. So heat regulation and sensation and all those sort of things. So for me... Um, you know, I was carrying a lot of injuries most of the time. I was always, uh, even after swimming, you know, I had a, had a really bad ankle that was putting off the, the fusion for many years and, you know, just masking it with, with painkillers and same with the prolapse disc in between level L3 to 5 and um, I was putting off the surgeries and I was getting really bad sciatica and um, and that at the same time I thought this is just the beginning of COVID. I thought, oh, you know, I'm not... 
I was rehabbing my left ankle, but I could I noticed that I couldn't actually do a calf raise on my right side, which was my supposedly my healthy side. And that muscle started sort of, you know, fading away. And, you know, that was the first indication that I um, that something was wrong. And mm-hmm. I started getting really weird sort of um, <laughs> feelings in my legs as if someone was pouring hot water down the inside of my leg and wow. on my thigh and um, you know, tingling at night. And uh, so, yeah, it was – and it's – you know, we with the doctors, we decided we need to eliminate all the other ailments that you have, which for me was the ankle, which I had fused, and then I had a back operation. So once that was sorted, we, you know, I was diagnosed with CRDP. So, um, and now I can, you know, I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I'm all fixed, but I can just focus on one disorder before I had a bunch yeah. of things in the air, which... It's been life-changing, you know, as you, as you mentioned, I was very active for me, you know, movement and sport and physical activity mm-hmm. was my, my, gave me mental strength, gave me power, gave me connection with people, gave yep. me everything. And like literally all overnight, like I think within the space of between January and May of 2020, I lost the ability to walk, like unaided so i had to either walk on crutches or have a walking stick and i needed brake like afos yep. like braces for my feet so it was yeah it was demoralizing and i was in and you know i was in denial for a very long time and uh so yeah it's been uh it's been challenging but you know i can sort of elaborate on on, on that period where we've mm. had other challenges thrown in with covid and trying to manage the rehab and the treatments and then um mentally as well you know and you know COVID was tough enough for most of us and then having to deal with this this disorder and living in Bali trying to come back for six months at a time being away from my kids and mate it was it was all happening (laughs) it was all happening from that um first instance where you said you started to have like those weird sensations in either hand or sorry in in the legs and then you started to feel those um that hot water sensation and whatnot Mm. like from the first part where you you know felt, felt like you're losing muscle activation and whatnot mm. to actual diagnosis what was the length of that period it was a pretty long time actually because we didn't know if it was contributed from my back from the you know from the spinal issues or if it was something separate or was a combination of the two yep so it probably took nearly a year and a half to two years to get a proper diagnosis so but i had nerve conduction studies mris you know uh, anything you can have all the different tests under the sun but so it took a while but we you know we knew there was it could be one or the two or a combination so um but um that was probably another hard thing to deal with i you know everything that all my sporting injuries prior to that like if you do a hammy for example you know exactly how many weeks you got straightforward diagnosis yeah. yeah And then the rehab is pretty straightforward as well. You know, you start with walking, jogging, etc. Whereas with this, it's um, so individual. Everyone, it, it attacks people in completely different ways. You know, it's where the weakness is in your body. And for me, I was sort of running on empty and still pushing very hard in terms of business and um, physically. And, you know, my nervous system was shot. So obviously, maybe that's where it went and, and affected all my nerves. Haven't known you since I think probably around 2014. I think it was the first yeah. time first wow. time we met. <laughs> oh, no, it's been ages, hasn't yeah. it? Um, I, you know, I can confidently say that you're like one of the most driven people I've ever met, but also such a, an incredible people person and just yeah. someone who just thrives off the energy of you know, as you said, Absolutely. activity and, and yeah. community and whatnot. 
how hard was it in terms of the identity piece where you know you kind of come to the realization that you know you're losing their function mm. obviously a lot of the activities that you've done previously are, are going to be probably out of the picture now or at least having to having to change a yeah. lot um you mentioned how it was quite difficult mentally like yeah how has that come into the i guess the acceptance or the realization that you know life's going to change quite a bit in terms of your regular activities and mm. and the, the capabilities right it was it's the hardest part um you know i was I think I was in denial for a very long time. I I would I started withdrawing from you know a lot of circle of friends because there were a lot of them were based around fitness and mm-hmm. you know I used to go and do my workout buddies in Bali. I'd sort of you know I started working out at, at home where I didn't have to talk to anyone and give them explanations etc. So started withdrawing from my usual you know connections with people, which was probably a big no no. Um, I lost a lot of motivation as well. I think COVID was a great excuse not to do anything. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of the, the tools and, you know, my, I guess my, the things that I used to, you know, govern my life by, I kind of, you know, let go. I didn't sort of look after my health, my diet. I sort of almost gave up the fact that this has happened to me and I was, mm-hmm. I was bitter, I was angry. And this was the, you know, that this sort of the grieving period and, um yeah it was 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 very difficult you know like even for me to go out for dinner or go you know i always needed to lean on one of the kids or have a walking stick or and there's at that time i hadn't publicly announced it so there's always a billion questions and i'd have to answer those so i think there was a time where it just became too much and you know i was you know there was i did like i said i think i should have done much better in terms of my nutrition and looking after myself mm. which you know i think the penny dropped when when both my family and my partner said look if you don't if you don't look after yourself you probably end up in a wheelchair because this yeah. is you're not doing the things that you're you're renowned for and the things that made you who you were um you're not doing any of them so yeah and i uh, made a lot of lifestyle changes and you know got back into you know being around people and coaching and mm-hmm. learn to swim and working with swimming victoria in schools and you know suddenly you know started made some really positive lifestyle changes in terms of nutrition so trying to get in rid of gluten and being carnival focused mainly and um you know getting back into my meditation yep. the hot and cold so things that are you know there used to be bread and butter for me mm-hmm. but i just dropped them you know and um but once and it was amazing how quickly that change in mentality happened for me once i got on once you start it's much easier as you build that momentum yeah i mean we've always preached you know once you do get that first week underway the second third is yeah. just flows so you know looking back at it now it's been over a year that i've had a really good sort of positive sort of um momentum shift so it's been good how would you how would you compare the i guess the challenge that you've got at the moment mm. mentally in comparison to i know you can't even really compare the two but how would you compare the challenge you're going through now in comparison to something like getting you know going through training and putting mm. yourself being super disciplined and motivated and carrying this momentum into let's say an olympic meet is it is that difficult because there's no kind of like end goal that yeah. you're focusing towards like what are the things you're kind of focusing on in order to keep that consistency and the momentum going along yeah look there's certainly similarities in in the sense that let's control the controllables the things that i can control i can control what i put in my mouth i can control you know uh, my sleep mm-hmm. i can control 
you know, the things that that I know I can do that I that I have to do to feel better and control. You know, I can do my mobility. Yeah. So that in in terms of that, all those sort of my lifestyle things that I can control, it's very dis- it's very similar. So, and I th- I'm very fortunate that I do have those tools from my sporting career. Um, but there is certainly there is like you said, there's no end goal. I mean, obviously the end goal for me in a perfect world would be complete remission and you know getting most of my functionality back. But there's no there's, there is no known cure for you know a lot of these CI, uh, CIDP disorders. So um, you know I'm I'm trying to sort of measure myself on let's say where I was six months ago or mm-hmm. a year ago or two years ago. So. Um, if I'm progressing or staying stable, which is still a good result for me. So it is frustrating because previously my sporting career was all about, you know, um, it was about time frames and, yep. you know, time out Specific of Specific goal-driven and, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you break it down to the things that, you know, I'd, I'd want to get back in the pool. And so I've... I've had to almost change my psychology where I used to go as hard as I could and say in yeah. the gym and stuff, we'd just smash yeah. ourselves and, you know, that, w- that would give me the, you know, the endorphin rush and, you know, the dopamine hit that I wanted. But whereas now I sort of, uh, I've realised it's more about sustainability yeah. and, you know, the things that make me feel better mentally and the things that, you know, are good for my body. And I very quickly if i push myself too hard um if i do too much in one day i could feel it and mm. you know i'm sort of bedridden for a couple of days after that from the exercise perspective what what type of things are you doing at the moment or are you able to do yeah you well it's a ama- well it's not ironic but water is my friend you know yeah. is, <laughs> who would have thought it's, <laughs> yeah. exactly thank god but um yeah so swimming and you know what hydrotherapy is one is my one of my staples but i'm still obviously activating these muscles that are being compromised is i don't really do it up any upper body exercises anymore it's pr- predominantly really? yeah and and i haven't lost any yeah. anything on that so that's just purely from swimming and um so just activation and stimulation for for my for my legs so anything from a lot of pilates and a core exercises and just hypertrophy basics sort of leg extension hamstring curls yeah balancing exercises i can't stand on one leg i struggle to stand on two so yeah. um just really basic stuff but it, yeah i try and move every day i've got a i've, I've got a salt bike at home so minimum that i do would be half an hour a day on the on the assault bike and then um add some stuff in the gym as yeah. well yeah you mentioned with the nutrition you were predominantly pushing towards protein and fats was it More yeah carnivore type yeah. is the is increasing protein of any benefit like considering it's a neural like a autoimmune type thing yeah is the is keeping protein higher of any benefit in that regard to retaining Look, at, yeah, I've, I've definitely found that it, it has been. I've done some other kind of hormone replacement treatments that have helped me as well. Yeah, um, but it's it's amazing how powerful these diseases are. That you can be, um, you know, doing so everything right with nutrition on all the right supplements, but the overriding your brain is so powerful yeah. that you can still, you know, in obviously take take over. But I I feel that. Even overall, and just carrying flu- excess, excess fluids and stuff, the high protein, high fat has been really good for me. So yeah, right. Yeah. 
Um, with the treatments and stuff that you come to, come to Sydney for, yeah? Yeah, yeah? What's the treatment involved? So the treatment's called um, IVIG, which is a product called Intergram. In, Intergram. Um, it's, it's basically from uh, blood donors. So it's, a, okay. it's an extract, a co- uh, compound that is created, and it's used widely across not just um, autoimmune disorders, but it, it, it helps to regenerate um, nerve fibres. So um, I do that every six weeks, and I do fairly high doses because generally you do it every three, but because I'm based in Bali... It's logistically a little bit easier to do it every six, and yep. um, but um, you know, there, I just found that I'm really in a in a plateau sort of stage at the moment, and you know, I've got a bunch of tests coming up just to see if we can experiment with other treatments and see if we can get this, you know, um, tilt the tilt the scales to you know towards getting you know, getting better and healing yep. rather than just staying staying where i am so you know there's a bunch of immune suppressant drugs there is steroids which i've tried and didn't really work um yeah there is you know plasma replacement there is stem cell um replacement therapy as well which is you know quite common so there's a bunch of things that i you know still have to try to see if i can you know i can get there I would imagine um, for someone who got diagnosed with the same thing that may not be like in, let's say, a good financial position when yep. it comes up, these treatments wouldn't be – I would imagine they wouldn't be cheap. So is that is that kind of uh, – I wanted to touch on the fact that you were saying before you're looking at starting this foundation. Yeah. Um, is that kind of part of why you kind of did that or more of an awareness well, type Well, the thing? actual treatments, to be honest uh, – um, all this IVIG and everything is actually subsidised by the government. Oh, so great. that is um, in the equivalent of me getting that treatment in Bali or Indonesia is about $12,000 a sitting. So Shit. it's very expensive. Yeah. So we're very fortunate for for the blood bank and, you know, the RPA, the hospital there and here. I've, I've done my treatments at Cabrini. Um, but... It's actually the other things. It's you know the the braces, for example, like this this little brace that I've got on. It's over a thousand bucks, and it wow. lasts it lasts me six months only. And then yeah. flying, you know, there's I think I'm pretty compared to some other sufferers. You know, there's a lot of over thirty percent of CIDP sufferers are in wheelchairs, so you need to adjust their home to having ramps and having equipment that yeah. makes their life you know their lifestyle much easier. So there's there is that, but uh, you know, I think not uh, not everyone has pri- uh, private health cover, so um, it, it does become costly, and mm-hmm. it also affects you know our carers and our families because yeah, a lot sure. of the time, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate that Michelle, my partner's, you know, she was literally just caring for me for the last two years and making yeah. sure that I was looked after, and same with my family. So it's there is definitely an element of you know financial but also like more of a resource Mm -hmm. point of view so um i've been touching on the foundation i've been just inundated since the project story and and my article recently in the age that there are so many sufferers out there that one they feel really alone there's no there's no community that you know can have a conversation about their their symptoms their mental health their you know like it's it's a journey. Some people live with it. Like, you know, I've had, I've been literally inundated with 
you know, a lot of the time it's it's their partners that reach out to me and um, either, you know, husbands or wives and say, you know, my husband has had CRDP for 20 years, he tried this or that. So, mm-hmm. And everyone's different in terms of there's no cookie-cutter kind yeah. of um, treatment thing. So it's, you know, after that, it's, you know, after a few hundred, a few hundred messages, I've decided to create the foundation, one, to raise the awareness for this autoimmune disorder, but also others. Yep. Um, two, to kind of raise funds to be able to help some sufferers in, you know, if they struggle to financially to either get the right equipment or adjust their homes and or even with just every everyday life. Um, you know, I wasn't... Um, I wasn't allowed to get NDIS, which is you know, which is a shame because my my lifestyle changed completely, and I was able to continue earning money, but um, it's certainly still you know diminished a lot from from where it was before. So yeah. NDIS only goes a certain way, but um, and then the other, I guess, and then creating a portal or community through you know the foundation where sufferers can exchange stories and yeah. feel they. They're not support. Yeah. And then the biggest the biggest thing that we'd love to get to eventually is, you know, starting trials and of on new medications. And um the America in America, they're probably the leading country of of any medical trials. They've got about fifteen of them happening at the moment. Australia's only got one. Um and they don't happen very often. So Ultimately, if we can raise enough funds, um, you know, start our own medical trials here in Australia. Yeah. You mentioned before the swimming side of things and how you're back in the pool and whatnot. Yeah. You were saying um, before we hit record today that you're back into some coaching or doing yeah. plenty of coaching at the moment. So yeah, tell us a bit about what's going on in the swimming world and from the coaching perspective and even the the um, swimming events and stuff that are yeah. coming up. Yeah. So like um, towards uh, – yeah – October last year, I started, or the year before actually, um, I started Klim Swim in Bali. So there was, um, through COVID, we had a few complications with our swim schools here and, you know, leases and instructors. It was really, the workforce was really hard to get. And so uh, I decided with my, obviously, health issues to permanently be based in Bali. Um, so we, you know, I started the swim school and it went really, really well initially and um and i I had a couple national representatives submit for indonesia so um i got to coach at a high level but also got to coach some of the grassroots guys and Mm -hmm. um i really enjoyed it and it was something and the word kind of spread that i was there and i'd get a bunch of swimmers that are either there on holidays or would come specifically to me for a couple of weeks um but also um you know, getting back into the sport, I'm working with Swimming Victoria on, on their Pathways program, which is all, you know, kids from the age of 14 up to 18. And, yep. you know, on, on the on the verge of making Olympics or national teams, etc. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's an amazing pleasure, but it's also so exciting for me to get back and still be able to connect with these guys that are, it's a different generation to mm. when I was swimming and their, their approach. So... Doing some stuff with them, working with Furbank Grammar School as well, where they've got a really great swimming program and trying to sort of implement some of the, come my I guess my ethos in terms of developing the youth. That it's more, it's not just about swimming; it's about that personal development. Yeah, you know, swimmers are very employable. They've they develop great habits, life mm. skills, etc. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that and and 
as a sponsor back in the day, I was involved the world, with the World Series swims, which we had, you know, events all around Queensland ma- mainly, but we also support the Portsea Swim Classic, Bondi de Bronte, um, the Cooley Classic, and then now we're about to launch the biggest, uh, well, it's called Swim the Gold Coast, which is um, you're swimming from Kira all the way to Surface Paradise, which is a long... How far is that? That's uh, 21K, <laughs> mate. 21K. It's DK's favourite distance. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. remember... <laughs> a quick story on this one. I remember... So, I reckon the first year I met Clemmy, um, <laughs> right. he got me to run his boot camp um, in the lead-up to the uh, St Kilda Mile. Yeah. You guys are sponsoring that. And I'm more of a land athlete, I think. I yeah, think I'm more of a, a land sure. athlete. More, yeah, a bit like a rock in the water, I think. Um, and so at the end of this boot camp, I had to do the St. Kilda Mile. Yeah. So I did three practice swims and three, and all three of those were in the pool at MSAC and I'd stop at each end. Yeah. <laughs> Underestimated how, how, how hard it was to swim 1.6K yeah, after yeah. not really swimming at all. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, after the first 300 metres in, in the ocean, I was ready to... I was looking for the boat. You're I was looking waving. for the boat, and then I actually end up swimming my my best time because there was jellyfish, and I've never <laughs> swam right. faster in my life. We put them there on purpose, <laughs> yeah. you know. Never swam faster in my life. So, yeah. That was brutal. So look at that. That actually, you know, your story exactly is what you know motivates me to run these events. So we've got weekend warriors that want to have a challenge. Yeah. Generally, don't swim, or people that love ocean swimming and. You know, just like ticking off events like fun runs, for example. But then we've got elite sections now in our swims, like in the Noosa Swim Festival, we've got, you know, a 5K and a 10K where, yeah. you know, we get Olympians like Nick Sloman and guys that have that have made the, the national team coming and competing for, you know, in some great, great conditions. But also the Marathon Swim, which will be one of the biggest on the East Coast. We've got the Rotness Swim, which is probably the most famous swim in Australia. But um, I think very soon, I assume the Gold Coast will be uh, will be the favourite. I reckon so. Unreal. Yeah, so th- I'm I'm really enjoying being part of those events and um, yeah, looking forward. To it. And so that's kind of um, inadvertently I've ended up back in the sport, which yeah. you know it's given me so much. Um, you gravitate to the people that you big focus. Connect. Yeah, point so, again. Yeah. Um, Would you ever um, have you ever got? Do you ever see yourself uh, coaching like individual athletes like at things like the Com Games or Olympic Games, like trying to get into that side of things? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. eventually, you know, at the moment I've got a few athletes that are swimming at sort of sea, uh, Southeast Asian Games. So yeah. they're uh, probably a level below um, Com Games, etc. But um, we've got a bunch of juniors that are, you know, showing a lot of promise and hopefully once our squad's, you know, not only at Furbank but in Bali Build when, you know, we get one or two finds in there. And Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so – but it's – yeah, it's, I've learned completely new skills being a coach, you know, patience, <laughs> communication, all these different things that when you're in, in a driver's seat and you in as an athlete, you control everything yourself and, you know, but you be, suddenly become a facilitator and there's, you know, there's a certain level of – you know, motivation, you have to, you know, have to get out of the kids and uh, rather you can't do everything for them. you got to make them do most Just lead of them things. in the right yeah. direction, yeah. So, um, but still making it fun and enjoyable. So there's, there's uh, 
and different levels, you know, and every every athlete absorbs information differently. Yes, you know? yeah, for sure. So um, some need demonstrations, some need to read it written down on the board, and it's you know some look like they don't want to swim at all, but they're great <laughs> at racing. Yeah, for example. So um, yeah, so I've really enjoyed that challenge, and um, yeah, it's been a good journey. Wanted to get your um, your thoughts on um, obviously you introduced me to Brett Hawke. Yeah. Um, who ended up working with Cody Simpson for a little while. Yeah. And um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on how you think Cody's gone since he's getting back in the pool and where, like what level you think he can he can get to yeah. from from kind of where he started back at. Look, I think what, what Cody's been able to accomplish is phenomenal. You know, like he's actually, in, in all honesty, he's actually just surpassed my all-time best time in the 100 Butterfly. So he's... Wow. He's, um, you know, and having such a long time off and then coming back into the sport and um, it's, yeah, I think even when we take a bit of time off in the, say, in the gym or in the pool, it takes normally double the length of time to get back to, you know, to any sort of shape. But the fact that he's been in, able to integrate into the swimming kind of community so quickly, um, he's got the right mindset. He's, you know, his attitude. You could have very easily sort of, um, you know, felt like he was, you know, special or different yeah. compared to others. But um, and I think it was great to have Brett Hawke as one of his initial coaches because mm. he sort of uh, gave gave him the right perspective of what sports all about. I think there yeah. was a few sessions where. He was vomiting on the side of yeah. the board. So this is what it's all about. Yeah. You know? And Sign I think now he thrives yeah. on that and he thrives on, the imp- on those small incremental kind of improvements and um, and his mentality. And obviously, um, you know, dating the, the greatest Olympian of all time and having that as your, yeah. <laughs> as your example in your, on your, in your everyday life and Emma, I think it's, yeah, it's been, um, it's also been a very interesting journey and I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in contact with him throughout that and helping yep. him early on. I don't want to help him too much now because he's going to, you know, going to get me out <laughs> yeah. of the record books completely. But <laughs> no, but he's been a, he's been a, you know, he's been also a great thing for the sport because as, you know, since probably the two th- early two thousands, there haven't been too many sort of personalities mm. and, that have different stories or, um, yeah. So he's been it brought a different dimension to to the sport. Unreal, mate. Well, uh, what's the plans? What's the plans of the rest of the week in Melbourne? What's, what's well, happening? look, I'm, I'm, ba- I'm on deck morning and afternoon, so I'll be doing yep. that. I'm um, catching up with – it's good to get it for me while I'm in Australia. It's always good to get an overhaul on on my uh, on my physical condition. So I'll be getting, you know, everything from my eyes to my nerve conduction studies, yep. getting phys- – I'll actually go into my physio after this. So – um, it's good just to, re- I, I'm sort of, now that I'm not withdrawn, I try and reconnect yeah, with, good. with all my friends and making sure they're okay and um, yeah, just sort of really enjoying enjoying the journey. I'm sort of, um, I've got two nephews, three nephews that swim pretty competitively and my son's here also in Melbourne, um, he's a keen tennis player, so yep. where he spent the day at Kuyong yesterday and so yeah, I'm sort of really enjoying not only watching my kids develop but all the kids that i'm coaching develop as well so um yeah it's been a good time so thanks for uh thanks for having me on and if you're ever in bali come to klimsum at fins definitely <laughs> take um, you for a sesh definitely <laughs> once once you've got the foundation up and running we'll um we'll make sure we push it out there too but looking fantastic. forward to sharing this mate it's been thanks, been mate. good to yeah, catch up and no, hopefully um, we'll 
good to see you it's looking really well and obviously driven driven to uh, raise some more awareness around it and stay on top of it thanks dk yeah no i think you know hopefully we can sit here in a few years time and say you know we've we've you know we beat the beat the condition but um you know what i think we can what you're doing even by talking about it and sharing the message and also the foundation you know we're all doing the the right thing for it so i really appreciate it 100 percent um for everyone who's tuned into the episode thank you firstly and secondly if you've enjoyed the chat um if you got anything you want to mention to clear me or any feedback we'd love for you to take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your instagram so, uh, story tag myself Tag MK, I'll have his socials and everything in the show notes below. Uh, but thanks for tuning in and look forward to sharing the next one with you guys. Thanks, Lynch.